Well, now, as I said, it's lovely to be with you this morning. We're turning to uh, probably a fairly unfamiliar book. It's not one that people look at um, too often. You don't hear it preached from too often. But, but there's some great truths in the, in, in the book itself and in the passage that we're going to look together at uh, this morning. So uh, we read from Habakkuk chapter 3. That, that's our uh, starting point, our springboard into into looking uh, at various parts of the book, but particularly at the verses that we've read together. Now, Habakkuk ministered around 610 to 600 years before the Lord Jesus Christ uh, came into the world. It was probably during the reign of Jehoiakim. Um, a revival had taken place under uh, Josiah, uh, but that was largely forgotten by this stage. Uh, and uh, the real turning back to God that there had been during that time, the acknowledging of his word, the worshipping him in the uh, way that the Lord had prescribed, uh, the putting aside of idols and all of those things was past. It had left a mark upon the nation for a number of years, but, but it was largely passed by this stage. And the licentiousness of Baal worship and Ashtoreth worship uh, were rampant in the nation again. Now, uh, Richard DeHaan, who you may remember from Back to the Bible fame on, on Transworld Radio broadcast a lot of years ago, he, he said this, uh, As a true patriot, Habakkuk was deeply distressed by the moral and spiritual conditions about him. He loved his nation and he knew it was uh, moving ever closer to the precipice of destruction by continuing to break God's laws. Therefore, two anguished questions burst from his lips. The first is found in chapter 1 and verse uh, 2 where he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry to you, violence, and you will not save. Now Habakkuk has been praying that God would break through and move in his nation and, and turn the nation back to worshipping him in, in a true uh, way again. He's been prophesying to the nation about their need to, to uh, honour God and, and acknowledge the Lord in their lives and, and in the life of, of the nation. But, but nothing is happening uh, and he's saying, Lord, how long? And sometimes you and I may find ourselves in that same situation. Lord, how long? We've prayed for years. We've prayed for our community for years. We've prayed for our nation for years. Lord, we, we long to see a revival. 70 years this year since the last revival, uh, major revival touched Scotland when, when God uh, moved on the uh, Hebridean Islands. But it's 70 years. I think the revival prior to that in, in Britain was in the 1920s, uh, down in the east coast of England uh, amongst the fishing communities, which spread north up to the uh, east coast of Scotland here. And God broke through, and our real work was done in those days. And then we looked further back again. But it's 70 years since we saw a real breakthrough of God in, in our nation. And we, we could be like... At Habakkuk saying, Lord, how long? How long do we need to pray? How long do we need to call out to you? How long before you do something to vindicate your own name? Now, Habakkuk went through and he, he rehearsed the, the depravity that was in the land. 
He says, you show me iniquity. You uh, let me see uh, trouble. Uh, there's plundering and violence. There's strife and contention. Uh, the, the law is powerless. Justice never goes forth. The wicked surround the righteous. Perverse judgment seems to proceed. These are things that are happening in the land, is, is what Habakkuk is saying. But God answers Habakkuk uh, in chapter 1 and says, Look among the nations and watch, and be utterly astonished. For I will work a work in your days which you uh, would not believe, though it were told you. I am raising up the Chaldeans, he says in, in verse 6. Now the Chaldeans are God's instrument of, of uh, judgment upon the nation of, of Israel. They were a godless nation of people. They were barbaric. They were an immoral people. They had a, a, a very immoral lifestyle. They were a, a covetous people. They, they longed for what they could get from the other nations. Uh, and uh, they were insatiable in their appetite for these kind of things. And, and so Habakkuk's response now is not how long, O oh Lord, but, but why? Why, O oh Lord? Why, why are you raising up the Chaldeans? He, he's incredulous. It's chapter 1 and verses 12 to 17 that record this. He, he's perplexed. He's baffled. This doesn't make sense, God, is what he's probably saying in his heart. I wonder how often we've done that. Lord, it doesn't make sense. What, what, what are you doing this for? Why have you allowed this to happen? Why have you allowed this to touch my life? It doesn't make sense. We find ourselves saying that sometimes. So Habakkuk says, Lord, you're, you're the everlasting God. You're the holy God. You've appointed them, the Chaldeans, because of the kind of a people they are, wicked and immoral and covetous and barbaric. You've appointed them for judgment. In other words, not us, but them. They're the ones that deserve judgment. You're pure. You're of more holy eyes than to look upon iniquity. Why are you raising up a nation like that to, to do something amongst your own people? Why those who deal treacherously, he says. How can a holy God use a wicked nation to, to punish his people? Is the question that's now on Habakkuk's heart and mind well chapter 2 he, he, the Lord really says to, to well Habakkuk says I, I will watch and wait and see what God is going to do see what God speaks reminds me of Psalm 46 and verse 10 where uh, in the midst of all the turmoil the psalmist says be still and know that I am God Recognize that God is still God. God is still in control. God is at work. He's working out his purposes. Habakkuk says, I'll watch and I'll wait. I'll see what God has to say. And he says in, in verse 2, the Lord answered me. He, he told me to record the reply uh, and await its fulfillment. Um, uh, he, he, in verse 4, says, the just shall live by faith. That, that's a, a, a promise first found in uh, the Old Testament here in Habakkuk and it's repeated three times in the New Testament Romans 1 and 17 uh, the just shall live by faith it's how we are to be justified before God Galatians 3 and 11 it's how we are to live before God and uh, Hebrews 
10 and verse 38, it's how we are to continue to live by faith in our walk with with God. Uh, so so uh, Habakkuk saying God, God is just. He he he, um, he he says there in in uh, verse six, woe to those who increase. It speaks of the greed. Woe to him who covets evil. Those who are covetousness. Uh, woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed. It speaks of, of that kind of. Uh, a, a, a barbaric lifestyle of the of the Chaldeans. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbour and induces drunkenness into the state of the nation. Woe to him who says uh, to wood awake and stone arise, it shall teach idolatry. Woe to those who embrace things that are not God and not worthy of, of being worshipped. But but Habakkuk is now beginning to realise that there is that God is faithful and there are three key verses in the end of chapter uh, in chapter two that remind us of this his character never changes and his word never fails that's verse four verse 14 his glory will one day be revealed in all the earth this is what God is doing this is what he's working towards Uh, and verse 20 God is on his throne and everything is under control uh, 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 and God is working out his purposes. So Habakkuk, having had this cry in his heart, how long, Lord, before you do something? Uh, and now God said, this is what I'm going to do, Habakkuk. I'm going to bring judgment upon the nation to turn the nation back to you. I'm going to use the Chaldeans. And he says, why, Lord? It doesn't make sense. I don't know what you're doing. But now he comes to this place that, that, that God's character never changes. His word never fails. His glory will be revealed throughout the whole earth and he knows what he's doing. He is in control. He has heard God speaking. Uh, And so we come to uh, the the chapter that we've read uh, together in the opening verses. And and, uh, uh, Habakkuk uh, says, "I, I, I heard your speech. I've heard what you've got to say, Lord. And I was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Yes, Lord, do what you've said you're going to do. But in the midst of all of that, in wrath, in your wrath against a sin, in the judgment you must outpour upon the nation, in wrath, still remember mercy. There are three key things that enable Habakkuk to, uh, to move forward uh, in this situation. In, in the light that God is going to bring judgment upon his nation, that judgment is going to be harsh, it's going to be barbaric, it, it's going to be difficult to experience. But there's three things that, that enable him to move forward. <laughs> and they're, they're the things that I mainly want to draw out of this passage. Here... Uh, the word, the name Habakkuk means to cling to or to embrace. And in the first instance, Habakkuk has embraced the authority of God's word. Uh, and so he says, Lord, I've heard your speech. I was afraid. In verse 16, he says, when I heard, my body trembled, my lips quivered at the voice, at his voice. I trembled in myself. God has spoken. 
And in speaking, I've been made to realise the authority of God's word. Isaiah speaks of this in chapter 66 and verse 2 and again in verse 6. But on this one I will look, says the Lord. On him who is of a poor and contrite spirit, who trembles at my word. Who trembles at my word. Verse 6 says, hear the word of God, you who tremble at his word. I was a student at the Faith Mission Bible College uh, in 1975 through to 1977, so you can begin to guess how young I am. And uh, we, we um, had a, a, an assistant to the principal at that time called Andrew Woolsey. Uh, Andrew uh, was opening God's word to us one morning, um, one Friday morning, when, when uh, the college did and still does give most of the morning to, to uh, consideration of God's word and to prayer. Uh, and uh, Andrew was speaking, and I, I suspect it was from Isaiah chapter 66, but I may be wrong. But he was speaking on trembling at the word of God. And, and he, he just suddenly asked this question, when did you last tremble at the word of God? When, when was it that you last were uh, reading God's word, asking God to speak to you through his word? Hearing God's word preached from the pulpit and realising God was speaking to you and it was, it was direct, it was dynamic and, and, and it impacted your life so much so that you trembled at the very thought of the fact God is speaking to me. And, and as he said that, when did you last tremble at the word of God? He just looked round us all in the, uh, in the lecture room where we were meeting and his eye made contact with us all and he just felt... God speaking straight into your soul. When did you last realise the authority of God's word in such a way that it really impacted your life and you trembled in his presence? <coughs> Not out of fear, but out of the awesomeness that God speaks to me. Out of the reality of what God was saying and speaking into your life. Well, Habakkuk's there. He says, Lord, I heard you speak and I tremble." Tremble because it was you speaking. I tremble because of what you were saying. So Habakkuk's embraced the authority of God's word. Why, why did he do that? It speaks of uh, the authority of his person. It speaks of the steadfastness of his purpose. It speaks of the certainty of his promise. He trembled at God's word because uh, as we've seen in various parts of the book, earlier in the book, it speaks of the Lord's uh, omnipotence, his might and his power. Uh, every time that Habakkuk refers to the Lord, he, he, he uses that word, the Lord, Jehovah, the, the Almighty One. Uh, it speaks of his omnipresence, that means God being everywhere at the same time. He, he is omnipresent, he, he knows um, he, he, he is everywhere. He's in control, therefore. His glory will be seen throughout the whole earth. Uh, it speaks of his omniscience, his all wisdom. God is the one who knows and he understands. Uh, and, and he sees what we don't see. He knows the purposes that he's working out. He knows what's hidden in the heart of man. He's omniscient. He's all wise. Um, he, he's uh, speaking 
uh, of, of his holiness. In verses, uh, verse 12 of chapter 1, verse 20 of chapter 2, he speaks of the Lord's righteous judgment. In uh, verse 16 of chapter 2, the cup of the Lord's right hand will be turned against you. It says God will bring judgment, but it will be righteous judgment that God brings. Um, uh, and he speaks about God's eternal purposes in, in chapter 2 and verse 3. The vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Why? Because God's purposes are steadfast. His plans are secure. His promises are absolutely certain. We can depend on them. God has spoken, therefore we can take God at his word, because God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. So Habakkuk has heard God speaking. He's embraced the authority of God's word, and he said, I must accept the authority of what God is saying. But but the second thing that we notice is he um, clings to the adequacy of God's character. So God has spoken to to Habakkuk and Habakkuk sees that God is everything that he needs. Now this is easily said when all is going well but it's altogether another fact when the outlook is bleak and from what God has spoken to Habakkuk the the outlook is bleak at at some point in in the future perhaps not the distant future, the near future the, the outlook is bleak. God's going to bring judgment. But he sees that that God is the secret of rest. No matter what's going on around us in our lives. So verse 16, he he says, uh, When I heard, my body trembled, my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered my bones, I trembled in myself. Why? That I may find rest in the day of trouble when he comes up to the people. That I may find rest in the day of trouble. You see, God, um, Habakkuk is acknowledging the, uh, the authority of God. God is at work. He's surrendering to the purposes of God. So God has said what he is going to do. I can rebel against that. I can resist it. I can say, God, that's not fair. That doesn't make sense. I don't like it. Or I can surrender to that and say, Lord, I don't understand. But I do accept that you know what you're doing. So he's standing on the promises of God. uh, uh, As he realizes that, that God is his secret of rest. That I may rest. Sometimes, you know, when we recognise the authority of God's word, but the authority of God's purpose in our lives too, and we surrender to that, even though we don't like what's happening to us. You can go through times in your life when you're saying, Lord, I don't like this. I, I, I don't like what's happening just now. Why does this have to happen to me? Why does this have to happen to my family? whatever it may happen to be but we come to the place where we say Lord I don't like it I don't understand it but I do accept that you're doing it for a good reason 
it brings a peace to our hearts that we wouldn't otherwise experience. When we surrender to his plan, his purpose, what he's doing, it, it often brings a change in our outlook, in our attitude towards that situation. We, we say prayer changes things. It does. But praise changes things when we come to the place and say, Lord, I, I just accept that you know what you're doing and therefore I rejoice in what you're doing in my life. It changes our perception and our attitude towards what God's allowing to touch our lives. It enables us to stand upon his promises of his grace being sufficient, his strength being made perfect in the midst of our weakness uh, and, and the fact that his peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It enables us to rest in that place. So he's found that God is the secret of rest. He, he's found that God is the source of joy. He's resting in the adequacy of God's character. God is the secret of rest and God is the source of, of his joy. Yet, verse 18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. We, we sing that um, chorus, that song, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire. Um, you alone, sorry, are a real joy giver and the apple of my eye. Now it's easy to sing that when everything's going as it should be. It's not so easy to sing that when it isn't. And for Habakkuk, he knows it isn't all going to be going well. For uh, verse 17, these very familiar words say, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit on the vines, though the labour of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the stall, and there is no herd uh, in the stalls yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Even though everything that I have taken as foundational and fundamental in life seems to be uh, thrown into turmoil, uh, taken away, broken up, I will still rejoice in the Lord. Verse 17, no figs. Figs were fundamental to the uh, diet of, of the people of Habakkuk's day. No fruit, he speaks of in verse 18. It, it was essential to their economy, um, the, the, <clears throat> the, the, the fruit on the vine. Um, no, no olives, he speaks of uh, uh, again, uh, sorry, in verse 17. Uh, it was a necessity of everyday life. Um, the, the, the olives were used for for. Um, for oil, for, for baking, and for oil for their lamps, and for all of those kind of things. No crops. There's going to be famine throughout the land. No, no vegetables grown. No, no, no uh, food of that nature to eat. He says no, no sheep um, in the fields. So that there's no meat to eat, no uh, wool to make clothes with. They're, 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 there's going to be real hardship here. Uh, and then he says, no, no herd uh, in the stall. No, no, no milk uh, for baking. No, no milk for feeding your children with. And uh, no, 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 um, no, no, none of those necessities of life. All of the staples, all of the 
fundamental things that are, are, are going to be affected. They're, they're, they're going to be scarce or, or even non-existent. But he says, even in the midst of that hardship that is brought on by the judgment of God upon this nation, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Not because of the deprivation, but despite it. I'll rejoice in his sovereignty. He is in control, even in the midst of that hardship and difficulty. I will rejoice in his sufficiency. He has promised to give the strength that is needed. I'll rejoice in his purpose. God is allowing it for a reason. And therefore he knows what he's doing. Similar again to Psalm 46 and verse 2 where the psalmist says, Therefore we will not fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Even though everything is being thrown into turmoil, we'll not fear. Why? Because we're resting in him. The Lord's our refuge, our strength, our help, our very present help in trouble. He says, I will, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Joy is not found in possessions. Uh, and uh, these things that Habakkuk was speaking about were, were not really possessions. They were staples. They were, they were everyday requirements. But joy is not found in, in, in these things. Joy is found in being possessed by God himself. And allowing God to be at, uh, in control uh, in our lives and working out his purposes uh, for us. He says that, uh, that he is also the supplier of strength. Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. It's been said, he that is our God of salvation will also be our God of strength. <clears throat> strength to bear the trial, strength to triumph in conflict. Verse 19, he says, he will make my feet like deer's feet or hind's feet. This speaks of strength to overcome the enemy. David's warriors were uh, swift as roes upon the mountains to pursue their enemy, sometimes to escape from their enemy. See, sometimes God expects us to, to, to run and not to fight. A uh, prime example of that, of course, is Joseph in the Old Testament where uh, Potiphar's wife was seeking to seduce him and, and he fled uh, instead of standing and arguing his position or taking a stand against that person. Took to his heels. Sometimes the right thing to do is take to our heels, but sometimes the right thing to do is stand up and be counted for the Lord in the situation. But he says, he, he makes me to walk on high hills. He brings me to the place of victory, to the place of security. Psalm 27 verses 5 and 6 say, he shall set me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above that of my enemies. Ultimately the Lord will have victory for himself and for his people as we rest in him. Uh, and uh, Habakkuk saying the Lord is uh, the, the source of joy, he's the supplier of, of strength uh, and uh, he, he um, is, is working out his purposes in, in our lives. We can rest in him. And so the last thing 
that, that Habakkuk sees uh, as he uh, brings his, his book to a close is that he can embrace the assuredness of God's purpose. Why, why can Habakkuk rejoice in the midst of, of all of this difficulty that God has said is going to touch the nation of Israel? Because he's heard God speaking. It's God who is speaking into his life. He has understood the purpose of God. He sees why God is going to allow that to happen. He's accepted the plan of God, that God is at work, that God knows what he's doing. And he has melted in the presence of God. He's trembled. He said, I've heard your voice. I've understood all that that means. And I've trembled. But trembled because of who you are. So he requests. He's embraced the sufficiency of God. And now he requests. Verse 2. O Lord, revive your work. And in wrath remember mercy. God has spoken and God will fulfill what he has said. The vision is for an appointed time, and though it tarry, uh, wait for it. It will surely come. God has spoken. It's going to happen. So he says, Lord, yes, let it happen. But in letting it happen, in wrath remember mercy. Only as much judgment as is necessary to achieve your purposes. and Bring your people back to yourself, Lord. He, he reminds himself... Uh, in, in chapter 3 and verses 3 to 15, which we didn't read together, but, but that, that God has been at work in every era of past Jewish history. Warren Worsby says, if, if God was there to work for his people, then in the past, Habakkuk's looking back, he will not fail them now. And we look back and we say, God has been at work. We can experience it in our own hearts and lives. God has been at work in, in, in every way that he's led, guided, protected, provided over these last however many years you've walked with him. If God's been there in the past, he's not going to fail now. Uh, and he rejoices. He began in despair in chapter 1. Oh Lord, how long? Nothing's happening. He heard the voice of God in chapter 2, well, uh, later chapter 1, and in chapter 2 he begins to take note of that. And now at the end of chapter 3, he's resting in the Lord. Somewhere here, I've got my notes out of order, here we go. Sidlow Baxter was a pastor of Charlotte Chapel in Edinburgh. And, uh, and later Bethesda Free Church in Sunderland. But he said of verse 18, um, Yet will I rejoice in the Lord, I will join the God of my salvation. He said, the literal rendering is, I will jump for joy in the Lord. I will spin around in delight in God. Even in the midst of all that's going on, I will jump for joy in the Lord. I will spin around for delight in the Lord. And then Sidlow Baxter says, here is the hilarity of faith. 
joy at its best with circumstances at their worst. What a victory. He says, may it be ours. Habakkuk means the one who embraces or clings to. Habakkuk's learned to, to cling to God alone. To embrace the purposes of God. And to cling to the sufficiency of God. May God help us to do the same. Amen. And thank you for listening. We're going to sing our closing hymn together. We rest on the, our shield and our defender.